Ladies and gents, welcome to a very, very special episode tonight of the Jabber Jabber podcast. As you guys will have seen throughout the week, we've promoted this uh, everywhere on social media. We are joined tonight by the amazing, iconic singer-songwriter G. Tom Mack. Everybody in here will have been uh, anticipating this interview tonight because we're going to give you the opportunity to speak to G via the comment section. So throughout this show, if there's something you would like to say to G uh, and just connect with him on the show, pop it in the comment section and we will bring it up on screen and we'll ask G and you can have your one, you know, your one-to-one with G here on the Jibber Jabber podcast. Uh, 1987, the Lost Boys movie came out and it's safe to say that that movie would not be what it was without Cry Little Sister. There's a great book that I actually read by Paul Davis and the guys at Cult Screenings called Lost in the Shadows, which many of you Lost Boys fans have. And there's a good two pages there on G and and the story of that. But but we don't need to read that because G is on the show himself. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome G Tom Mack. Frog can creep out the wicked domain. A frog delivers no matter the pain. A frog knows how to comply with the moon. A frog knows better to work afternoon. A frog is fearless in every way. A frog don't quit until he can slay. Slay, 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 slay. A frog, frog hero. And here he is, G Tom Mac. G, how are you yeah. tonight? A Utah Mac hero. <laughs> Sounds like a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> a Utah <G-tom> sub. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, hey. So, uh, everybody in a thou shalt not die mood. <laughs> Absolutely. There is Ross so. evening, guys. Hey, mate. Everyone so, is how's always it going, in... everybody, at the end of the world, huh? Ah, well. You'd be so morbid, but um, <laughs> then again, I'm not so morbid, am I? I'm the one I'm that's going to save this bloody world. In the end. <laughs> I yeah, well, the hero. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's a it's a crazy, crazy time right now. So, what better way to boost everyone's spirits than a night with G Tom Mac? Here's Heather down in the comments saying hi, guys. There's Heather G. Hey, Heather. Um, <laughs> and there is Adam saying ha- happening, guys. Uh, speaking hey, of Heather, Adam. we're <laughs> we're going to actually announce something really cool today on the show, and that is. You guys have seen, oops, try to get rid of the glare oh, there. You guys have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, G, you posted the original lyrics to Cry Little Sister on your social media, and it blew up with so many people wanting to know, you know, will there be replicas? Will I be able to get a hold of these? And we can now officially tell them, yes, you can. And the pre-orders are actually live now at gtommac.com. If you go there, click on the merch page, there's a lovely wee pre-order there. Pre-order it and get yours at the end of September, G. We're going to chat about this. We're going to chat about this song that essentially sits upon the the Mount Rushmore of songs. Uh, I mean, you name a better soundtrack than Lost Boys. You, you'll have a good couple contenders, but you'll really you'll not find a better soundtrack on the whole. And your song "Cry Little Sister" is just a massive, massive part a, a massive part of that. Is it safe to say that you've felt the you know the love throughout the years since writing "Cry Little Sister"? Yeah, I mean, it's you never know what you're going to get out of yourself when you write a song. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. interesting when I actually wrote the song, I thought it might be a little bit too adventurous for everybody. <laughs> and I didn't really think it, you know, I thought knowing that Joel Schumacher had a very adventurous sort of artistic way about him, I 
Mm -hmm. I thought, well, you know, it, maybe it'll work. You know, um, I really, it was the first time I'd ever not taken a look at the film. Yeah. And, um, you know, before coming up with a song for a movie. And it was, um, they sent me on a script, Joel did. And he said, mm -hmm. why don't you take a look at it and see if you can come up with an idea. Maybe you'll get inspired by the script. And then I had sent it over and um, I was living in New York and he was, they were in Santa Cruz shooting at the time. And that was the reason, obviously, they couldn't let me see anything because they were in the middle, of, in the process of production. And then I um, basically, I read the script upon getting it. And then um, I was just enamored by it. I just loved the, I, first of all, I always loved when horror and humor sort of come in the middle and you've got a good deal of intensity of the horror and then the, the comedy, the, the humor to sort of ease you into mm -hmm. other aspects of, of the story. And um, yeah, I mean, but I had a completely different vision in my mind as to what the film was going to actually physically look like. Mm. And it was at that point where I, um, I was inspired by the script and I went to the piano the following morning after reading it the night before. And then I just banged away and this song came out and um, going back between my guitar and my piano. And then, <clears throat> then I went up to the studio and my mate, Mark Neri, who's a jazz guy, had this beat going on in the other room. And... Um, um, I thought, wow. And it was just sort of this eerie kind of thing. And I said, what's that? And he said, oh, I'm just working on something. And I said, well, let me, can I take that? Because I just thought <laughs> that whole vibe was kind of cool. I mean, I mucked with it a bit. And, and, um, and yeah, the song was pretty much written rather quickly. And then mm -hmm. interesting about that lyric, though, it's um, I... Um, I, I wrote it at, I wrote it at home at my apartment and then I wrote some of it in the studio I remember because <clears throat> I didn't have the chorus straight away when the next day I mean I can't I think it was a couple of hours later or the next day I came in and I finally found the chorus with you know and um, but I remember writing and I could never find I mean that by the way it, it, it I had to go looking for it for because Paul um, Davis, who did the a Lost in the Shadows book, mm -hmm. I said, I have a copy. I wrote the original copy that I wrote the song on, and it's in somewhere. And I went, God, going back years. And I, you know, you'd think you'd hang, that would be something you'd just put in your drawer and you'd know mm. where it would be all the time. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, much like a lot of my songs that, you know, just I always keep the original copy. And back, back in the day, you physically wrote on something, you know. Mm -hmm. I still do that. But um, yeah, that's the original <laughs> copy, and um, I found it, and it was great to be able to been able to put it in the uh, Lost in the Shadows limited mm -hmm. version, limited yes. edition, I should say. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But anyway, getting back to you know, um, wrote the song, sent it on to Joel in a demo form, and he just absolutely loved it. Called me a few days later saying. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you've not seen the film and this is just perfect and and um and yeah that's how it went that's, then, that's amazing there's more, more to that story but it's the, <laughs> that's that's the basic seed of it yeah it's, it's almost quite serendipitous how how it came to be and I was reading through earlier uh the Lost in the Shadows by Paul Davis and 
just the elements that kind of were played. I, I was convinced after reading that and hearing you tell me previously, I was convinced that Joel Schumacher must have sold some of his soul to the devil to, to link you guys up at the exact time to make such a, a classic masterpiece. Because how how like how often does that happen where you get a songwriter and someone that directed a movie where your visions just meet perfectly, like you, the yin and the yang, which created the the, well, the feel. You know, that not that often. The other time I did mm -hmm. that was with, but the song was already, well, yeah, Cameron Crowe on Fast Times at mm -hmm. Richmond High with my mm -hmm. song, Look in Your Eyes. Mm -hmm. I remember writing the song on my birthday. <laughs> we did something. And then um, I'm not, I actually did see the film. Yeah, of course I did. Mm -hmm. And um, I went over there with our producer, Jimmy Irving, at the time, and he hated the movie. And I thought it was. <laughs> My, I've just been in Los Angeles just a short time. I like that. <laughs> and I, I just said, I think it's a classic. And he said, Are you, you know, Jimmy's from New York. You know, he's, if you know anything about Jimmy Irving, he basically, mm -hmm. he's iconic in the sense that he produced U2. He produced, I mean, mm -hmm. he signed Lady Gaga. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, he, his partner is, became uh, Dr. Dre. And mm -hmm. uh, the rest is, you know, go look him up. But, yeah. um, you know, I knew he being in New Yorker would probably wouldn't like to, you know, probably just had a different taste about, you know, the coming of age films. But, um, but anyway, to get back to it, yeah, it doesn't happen that often. In the case with Cameron, who only, who wrote the script, but he had a choice, he was the choice maker of the songs that went in that film. Mm. And, it, you know, it, 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 you're, I mean, it, that was sheer magic that happened with Lost Boys. I really always say, you know, I love that Joel was so ad adventurous in his taste about music and about, especially, you know, he wanted a theme song. Mm. And, um, and the record label at the time, they were going like, well, I was relatively, I was known, but I was not that well known. And they basically said, well, this sounds too adventurous, not too adventurous. They said, it sounds too futuristic. You know, we don't, we, we couldn't really be a single. And I just mm -hmm. said, well, you know, and then I'm thinking, you know, well, they're going to they're they're talk Joel into taking it out of the film. And mm -hmm. he and Richard Donner, the late Richard Donner, and, um, well, they're both late at this point, which is sad. To yeah. Know. But, um, yeah, they just stood behind it. And they said, and then they wanted to get somebody else to sing it. And I was fine with that. I've just really, you know, I've been on, I already at that point I was writing, I'd already written for other people like Kiss and for Carly Simon mm -hmm. and this one and that one. I was kind of living in New York and just being my artist self in, the, in Greenwich Village. And I just, I'd been on the road so much, had bad management and all that kind of crap. And then I just wanted to be left alone. And, um, mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, Joel, then they came down to them. I said, find somebody else to sing it. They tried loads of, you know, Steve Perry. And I, I don't know, Joel mm -hmm. let them have their day in the sun would try another vocalist on my demo mm -hmm. and um phil collins i think was one as well but um <laughs> can you imagine that you know i know i mean it, it's just sort of like why you know anyway i don't want to go down that road yeah. but then joel said no gerard gerard is my real name gerard thomas mcmahon <laughs> uh, he's the voice of this movie and mm -hmm. um i'm staying standing by this and that's how that you know mm -hmm. and Good for him that he did. He not yeah. only got a good singer, but he got a vibe as well. <laughs>
it's an enchantment. That's what I would refer to it as. It's an enchantment, uh, an enchanted yeah, partnership. You know, it, I, I actually have, um, speaking to Victoria, who did this painting in the back. Yes, here, Victoria. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, at the Shadow Gallery. Mm -hmm. Amazing painting. She was on the show before, yeah. Yeah. And so she, I was saying, you know, I, um, that chorus, when that happened, it just felt like somebody else was writing it. <laughs> it was weird. Mm -hmm. because yeah. This weird feeling something was coming. And you don't get that out often. You know I mean? You do yeah. feel fulfilled in a way when you've written a good song and you kind of go, oh my God, you know. But it was just, when I got to that chorus, when I was able to create that chorus, I just felt something else was going on. It was like mm. out of body, I can't even explain it. But something was taking over. So, and so um, the soul of the devil, yeah. so the, a selection, a select part of his soul. A little bit of the, the devil. devil and an angel at the same time, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yep, the, the perfect recipe. Oh, that's what um, I'm made up of, am I? <laughs> <laughs> you never lose be. being that mate. <laughs> so but you got sent the script right and you said that the movie was completely different to you what would that look like in your head can you kind of describe to us what lost boys was to you and what where your head was at when you started writing cry little sister for it well i was living in new york and new york at that time in the 80s was you know you walked out your apartment and you saw a crack vials and, you, and there were people sleeping on the streets and in the subways mm -hmm. and in anywhere they could homeless people anyway and mm -hmm. um it was a mat it was a very very gothic period you know and you had this whole onslaught of wealth going on in the 80s and the whole you know you had wall street only <clears throat> stone throw away and then with all this money that was being made in the 80s and you know, it was the same thing with that with Reagan and Thatcher. It was a big, you know, mm. set, you know, make the rich richer and all that stuff. Nothing wrong with that, but make the poor <laughs> a bit richer too. If all you're at the yeah. about it, right? Figure something out. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, not to go down that road either. But the uh, I can't help myself. You know that. Right? Uh, the, uh, but interesting enough, um, there was a lot to draw on, and it was also my own personal, you know. I related so much to that character, David. And, you know, I've always thought um, he was as sort of rebel without a cause that he had in modern day James Dean or whatever, vampire. Um, I felt he was very lonely. And it's interesting mm -hmm. that later on, Keith Hurd told me that said that he, uh, yeah, he said, when I read it apart, I thought it was a very lonely soul. and. Um, so there was an interesting, without even having a conversation, obviously I didn't know Kiefer at that point. And, um, mm -hmm. It was very much, um, yeah, it was that also, the chorus really brought out, I was able to, I wanted to tie in Star and also Michael, because that was the trilogy of the three of them, you know, because mm -hmm. it was, both of them had this, we would say thing for her, but there was, it was even deeper than that because they were all a family, you know, they, mm -hmm. I mean, Michael wasn't, but he's been lured into this whole, whole thing. And he, you know, he comes from a, you know, single mom and all of that and just traveled and, you know, he's, he's at the age where he doesn't know, they're all at the age where they're just trying stuff out. 
And um, mm-hmm. I think with, um, I think that the song that I was trying to create, and hopefully I did, it seems I did, it related to the film, but it also related to, that people could relate to it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a sense of finding your family, not necessarily your biological family, but we all go out and find our tribe. Um, <laughs> I like what you've done there. <laughs> pardon? I like, I like what you've done. I mean, nod to the, the sequel, A Tribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mean that kind of tribe. But, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> again, I won't go down that road either. <laughs> oh, I'll have, to, I'll have that written down. No, now. I mean, there was some stuff. That you missed. Yeah. <laughs> Milking the franchise. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I've told the story so many times, but I think I've yeah. basically slowed it down a bit so I could understand <laughs> what my story was to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well we got a comment here from uh brian mclaughlin says cry little sister is a great track did g tom mac know how great it was uh, and i think he refers to at that time when you made that did you know wait a minute this is just something else well like i said when i wrote the chorus i knew it was something else mm-hmm. and um just getting the production right and all of that and um you know, when I wrote the Thou Shalt Not stuff, I thought it was a bit of a joke to myself. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going, oh, my God, they're going to think I've really gone off the deep end now. <laughs> but, um, but it just, you know, when it was finished and done, I just really just said, hey, you know, it probably won't work for the movie because it is, you know, it's got a dark thing to it. But hmm. I didn't want to do the typical 80s thing. You know, we've mucked mm-hmm. around. I mean, Michael Manieri who um, collaborator and he had, we were working on sounds and he was brilliant, you know, and we were just pulling up different things. And then, you know, like mm-hmm. I said earlier, the first thing I heard was that bass drum coming out of his studio. I had a studio right yeah. next to his. So that was synergetic in its way. And then um, we started just, we had this instrument called a synclavier, which nobody had at that time. So it, was, it allowed us to go in and, you know, I, I could find sounds that were, mm-hmm different and unique and um but i just didn't want to go make a typical i mean nothing wrong with that i've written songs in the 80s that worked for that particular thing i just i don't know i think i just thought lost boys was a bigger thing than that mm-hmm. than anything and i just having not seen the film by the way when writing it and going and producing it and when i did see the when i went back to la to look at it, it was i'm like oh my god this is nothing that i had in my head of what this was going to look like. Mind you, is brilliant. You know, I loved it. I thought, wow, what a great job. Mm-hmm. But it was just a different, darker movie in a way <laughs> in my head. And, and it just um, so happens I that basically, pardon? Sorry, I was just saying, and it just so happens that Cry Little Sister became its identity. Like when you hear that song, you're always going to think of the Lost Boys. And you know, uh, we obviously done the screening over here in Bathgate Cinema, and uh, the moment you hear that child's voice. Uh, doing the chorus over the Warner Brothers logo, like yeah. the place just goes mental because I picked it's... out, a, you know, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. After I, I had a twenty-piece boys' choir, we recorded at the famous Electric Lady Studio. We did the actual vocals there, not the entire mm-hmm. track. Uh, but I wanted to do it Electric Lady because they had a great room to have, you know, to put a good boys' choir in, and they're, they're all of the ages between nine and eleven. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of age, and that, you know, had a good casting um, vocal um, director who basically, you know, cast 
found the right voices and they were all perfect to my liking. And um, after we, I mean, I drove everybody mad, you know, getting the boat that sound to be where and they were going, what the hell is he after? And I just said, you know, it would be a good take, but it wasn't like the take. And um, not that it took that long, but it was just getting the sport to sound right with the mics mm -hmm. and he was going back into the studio, coming back out into the, the room with the boys. And it was enough just getting there, you know, because there's all kinds of things that go on. There's some that are a bit breathier than others. And I had them yeah. do that to get the sound I was hearing. And some of them a bit more full on. And finally, where, you know, the Red Sea comes together, um, it sounded right. And then we went for it. And then after mm -hmm. we did that, I had some, I listened to some of the boys singing the acapella thing. Mm -hmm. And I did about, so that Joel and I could have choices, you know, so I had, I got six of the best ones and then mm -hmm. we just chose, um, yeah, we, you know, we chose that. Yeah. We Cause it is layered. One boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's layered throughout the, uh, the movie. You like cry little sister is there in so many different ways throughout that movie. Like for example, when, uh, David dies and the spikes yeah. you, you hear, so you, you, you pretty much, and it was interesting when Joe, Joe wanted that, Joe wanted the song in so many different, <laughs> it was a little overkill at first, you know, uh -huh. I mean, um, I mean, that's what you go through though. And then he was, yeah. you know, he's smart enough to know, okay, got to pull it out of here. And, mm -hmm. but it, I just felt like after we, I said, I think it's in there for the right, it, the right amount of places it's supposed to be. And we both, mm -hmm. you know, in interesting, in the beginning, they were, basically my voice would have been in and I had to pull it out. And then my manager said, you're, right. you're committing, you're committing artist suicide. Nah. And I said, um, no, it's just better if the boys are over the river. And I remember the, the, the guy, edit, not, yeah, I don't remember his name. He was mm -hmm. editor and he said, no, everybody agreed like, no, it's more haunting because it was better yes. when I came back in the middle of the film with the, you know, yes. star and the love Michael. scene. And that was where, you know, Joe, totally had you know that was him wanting it playing he wanted it longer but it was just the right amount too i mean yeah. joel had this great way about him where he he was so he's a genius he knew he could go throw stuff on the canvas mm -hmm. and he knew how to take stuff away too he yeah had the mind of an editor and the brilliance of a director yeah know, he is an absolute legend he's someone that i'll always I always be like, damn, I never got a chance to meet the guy, but you know, I only hear amazing things about him and I've got many movies yeah. that I grew up watching of his and and you know, it is pretty cool that that very opening scene across the water, that it was your decision to take your own voice out of that, knowing that and that that's the kind of artist that you are. You you look at the project and you don't take the vanity side of it. Mm. You know, you looked at that project and it was that just needs that. And you know, that, that speaks to to exactly the artist you are. We've got a couple of questions here from the audience. Uh, Adam Warnock says, What does G Tom think is the most important part of a song? I think it's all important. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a really loaded question, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You know, there's times I can tell you off other songs I've written what the most important part of the song is to me. Yeah. That's a really hard question to ask. I mean, you know, I love the fact that at the very end, after the last line of my Shangri-La, that line, mm -hmm. um, after the big Gothic organ thing, yes, Bombus in there. And um, I did like holding that note out for an extensive amount of time. 
and mm. um, it was not intended. And I just did it because I had a good stretch of time now to put it in before the final the finale of that chorus. Mm -hmm. So how that go, holding that note out mm -hmm. on, on now, I need you now, really, were, it, that gave me a shiver after I, we got to the finale. I, yeah. I really, yeah, that That's vocal, amazing. man, it was like, it was like one take, <coughs> two takes, and it wasn't, you know, it was one of those things that you just didn't mess with afterwards. You know. mm -hmm. And you can see as well, well right here. <laughs> you can see it right here, and the original now has a big long like. Nah! <laughs> you can see it visually, and this is why you need to go to gtomac.com Yeah, and go well, to merch I knew, store I, and pre-order yours. I didn't know tell you that when I wrote that, <laughs> I just thought something's going to happen. Some kind of riff is going to happen there. Yes. The gliding up was the you know. <clears throat> it was foreshadowed the whole time. <laughs> we That's Robert Plant's Robert Plant. Uh, yeah, favorite line too. That whole yeah. going into that. Yeah, Robert we'll Plant, powerhouse of a vocalist. And uh, we've mm. got Danielle McRae saying, Birmingham Frog... boy too." Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, Danielle McRae says, "Frog Bros is my all-time favorite song and so underrated." Frog Bros is amazing. I sent you a video of we Lucas singing it. My kids love Frog Bros. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... interesting enough. <clears throat> It was always kind of daft to me that they never made the record label didn't make a video of Cry mm. Sister. Again, yeah. I could care less at that point in my life. I'd been on the road. I'd been beating myself up sideways with career and everything. Mm. And I was just so happy to be back in New York and it was allowed me to go back, you know, it was quicker time going to England, you know, and doing writing with my mate Roger Daltrey and Mm -hmm. the and Robert Platt, as I mentioned, and others, you know, and uh, I was just, and being in New York, I just loved my, my, my flat and being able to create, and it was very, it was a rom very romantic time to myself those years, mm -hmm. and um, so I really, you know, yeah, it's, it's quite a different city, well, it's still the same, but it's yeah. a bit more generified, but <laughs> as, as the world is. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's um, getting back to Adam's point. I, th I would say that that's really the one that um, that that was that would probably be my favorite part of the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Dean Dean Pierce here says the greatest songwriter and performer. G, we love you. <laughs> I know Dean Pierce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there right? he is. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> how much did i pay you for that i <laughs> know i know what's the rate <laughs> uh adam warnock says who was some of g's favorite artists growing up i could answer uh, this but i'm going to let g well that's an easier question than what my favorite part of the song Cry Sister is. <laughs> um well it was a mixed bag you know um i was a big i i loved stevie wonder and then i loved iggy pop and i loved Zeppelin, and then I loved an artist named Laura Nero, who was this incredible singer-songwriter back then, and um, hardly anybody knows about her. And um, I loved Joni Mitchell, you know. And um, but then I never like got stuck in it. I mean, I liked all, of course, the Beatles and Stones and all that kind of stuff. It was in my, it was in my wheelhouse. But it's I never got stuck. It's not like I got stuck in that period of time. You know, mm -hmm. that was my, you know, like oh. I see a lot of times when people get older, it's that music was the only music worthwhile and anything today is not, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't have, I've never, I mean, the early days of hearing The Weeknd, which before he was, you know, famous, I just thought, wow, this guy's great, you know? And mm-hmm. his earlier stuff was a very, was very adventurous. And, you know, I mean, went down to pop road, and that's good too. I mean, I love certain pop things. If it's done well, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, <clears throat> God, I listen to so much. Now I listen to so much stuff that back then it was a limited, you know, amount of things you could be inspired by. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I loved a lot of R&B, Sly and the Family Stone, things that were edgy R&B though, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just, you know, George Clinton, um, anything funky. <laughs> the interesting thing about Cry Little Sister, it crossed over to so many different, you know, it's it's in, you know, it's in the hip hop world. It's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Dance, trance. It with Eminem and then Ice Cube when I worked with him on the Players Club, mm-hmm. one of his favorite songs, you know. So it's amazing where that song has traveled because uh, in a million years I never would have thought it would I thought it had one genre. And that being um, sort of gothy, you know, that world, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, you just never know, mate. Yeah, I've seen it, because I love Cry Little Sister. It's one of the first songs I ever put on my own iPod. And uh, I've seen metal covers. I've seen classical covers, trance, hip-hop, dance. The one, the one genre I've never seen, and I'd love to, would be... Cry, my little sister. <laughs> We'd be cool to see it, Reggie. <laughs> Good job, Adam. <laughs> Thou shall not fall, brother. <laughs> that was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, I love it when people take the piss out of my music. It, there's nothing more, gra- more gratifying or complimentary, I should say. Oh, you no, know? not at all. Um, um, but Andre Bocelli, they, they, they were, he was going to, uh, his daughter uh, was, was putting together a uh, whole movie thing, and they hmm. loved Cry Little Sister. So we'll see. That'd be interesting to hear it done in an opera style. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many great artists out there uh, just doing now. Now we're in the age of YouTube and TikTok where people, they essentially yeah. take songs now and they can put their own spin on it. And we've seen that done with Cry Little Sister. I take it you saw the, there was one done during lockdown where the kids are all wearing masks and it was done in like... Oh, a, that, I was just going to say, yeah, that's yeah. my favorite one ever. Is it I mean, ever? Girl, I ah. can't her name up right now. But yeah. She's just, she sang that thing like it came from, really came from the heavens. I mean, it was just, yeah. and beyond. I mean, she went to hell and back and came back mm-hmm. up to heaven. I don't know how to describe it, but I was just, enamored by that version with all yeah. those kids you know doll playing and in their mm-hmm. mask and stuff brilliant as uh, that must be like you should play the, that on your show yeah uh, well absolutely you um you must feel at that point like wow i mean something you've written and 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 these years later is still so fresh yeah it, it you know you never know how something's going to affect people you know mm-hmm. that's it's like, um, I don't know. It's just, I never would have imagined Kiss doing my song, Is That You, either. Because mm-hmm. they, they write their own songs and they mm-hmm. love, and it's, it's a completely different thing, mind you. But, you know, it's just always, I guess what I'm saying is always surprising to me where yeah. my music goes. I mean, mm-hmm. 
incredible sister being the perfect example of it just crossing generations and, and yeah and races and, and what have you i mean i i went there was been all these comments and i thought well you know I, over the years i mean millions of comments that, you know you can imagine mm-hmm. and even one's handwritten that was sent to me by a post back in the day so i said you know i should post a few of these things and so i did yeah. last week i said you know i want to post at least 10 of my favorite comments and um they're all different and they're all brilliant you know mm-hmm. um i remember posting one about a bloke who's gay living in Istanbul. He's 14. He realized he was gay, but he couldn't talk to anybody. But in the distance at nighttime, he could hear Cradle's sister playing from somebody and somebody out, you know, in another apartment or whatever. I don't know what the details were, but he, Mm -hmm. it would calm him, he said, and it made me think everything would be all right. And then he made it his business, obviously, to find out who did that song. And um, I thought I was so you know, that's when it just makes you feel you have a purpose, you know, in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there was one, one that was, I mean, there's so many, I mean, just, I, I, I'm just remembering the ones I posted. And it's so hard to go through some of the ones that really, um, are heart pulling. And there's some very comical ones too, which I'll be posting. <laughs> um, and even the ones that think that I wrote it about incest, blimey. <laughs> Where the, Damn. where the fuck did you get that? <laughs> so, but anyway, mm. yeah, to your point, Kevin, it's, um, huh. yeah, it's really more about my purpose in life. I mean, if mm-hmm. I did, if I did that, then I'm, I'm good. I don't need mm-hmm. to, I mean, I'm still going to continue to write music and challenge Oof. myself and, and um, go out and do all the things I do. But, you know, it's when you, can make a difference in some way in people's lives through music, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's a Absolutely. Thing. And, uh, speaking of always challenge yourself musically, G Tom Mack, the lost boys story, the musical, which is also going to be, you know, a, a tour in musical. Well, one of your tour in musicals, but this soundtrack is also on Spotify and you can also buy it from G where you can also pre-order the new Cryle Sister lyrics. And this is, by the way, by the way, it's on this Amazon. is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. On, thank you very much. Yeah, it's <laughs> been amazing how well, you know, not the reviews, like reviews have been good too, but mm-hmm. it's amazing how the amount of fans have really gravitated to it. I mean, it's challenging, you know, and it's been, mm-hmm. we were in a good place with everything. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. And then, mm-hmm. Then I had a nervous breakdown, I think. <laughs> uh, something happened because it was just everything came. I remember being in England on the month of October, well, the months of October and November playing gigs and then came back mm-hmm. and I literally got back into New York and then flew back to LA. And I, I mean, before, uh, and, um, and, and then come fast forward, coming back to the UK to um, do the show, part of the documentary. Mm-hmm. And um, I was lucky enough to get back into L.A. And they sh- literally three days later, shut down or locked out. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was uh, yeah, it's pretty daunting. It threw me into all kinds of waking up in the middle of the night, not knowing what the hell was going on with my body and mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... So- 
Definitely, I'm a much uh, better man yeah. because of it. <laughs> yeah, trials and tribulations. I think they always get you to the next point of your of I your journey. So to speak. Go, you know, when you feel like you're going to die, okay, mm. all your life comes flashing in front of you before you die. Before you mm. you start to think, you go. You start to think about: Did I do enough good for people? Did I did, did my purpose really? get across that people feel better about something or they got to get to a better place in their lives because I helped do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a therapist, although I could be, uh, <laughs> but I just, um, your music is therapy. Erase that from your minds, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting what life throws at you. And then you, you know, you meet people and you meet individuals that just make, the difference mm-hmm. when you're going through your own shit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, def- I definitely get that. Um, we have another comment here. Kryle, a sister is a masterpiece, says Dane Beers. People who have tried to revamp the original, but the original can't be beaten 100%. I mean, that's that's the truth. Um, is that Dean again? I'll pay him to <laughs> <out>. I know. <laughs> uh, the no, thing is... I'm just uh, taking, I'm taking the piss, of course. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. That's really kind of you to say that. <laughs> There and, are, um, and yeah, that's really cool. There are a, quite a, a few covers out there that were very high profile. So, for example, Lost Boys the Tribe saw the cover that Aiden, the band Aiden, had done, and then we've got Marlon Manson that have done a cover, done a cover, he made it his own almost. And then we've got guys like Seasons After, they again made it their own. Which the, these each each cover is all right, they're, they're it's nice to listen to, but I think that you're never going to get. You're never going to capture that enchantment of what Kryla's sister is, uh, aside from where, where you hear it on your your version of right. that. But um, yeah, what, what you're saying of, of those but though? It, mm-hmm. It's a. I'm sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, like, of the very high profile covers, what was your favorite of them all? Well, I just said it a while ago. What we were talking mm-hmm. about with that. So that even Macy more so was, than. Oh, I just had her yeah. name, Macy. Something. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, she did it with those kids, and that really took it over the top for me. Ah. I think Marilyn did a really good. You know, he owned it like mm-hmm. Marilyn would own it, and he. I really do think he did a great job. And um, mm-hmm. I know he was. It's one of his favorite songs coming up, and lo and behold, so was my other song. Is that you that Kiss did, which makes mm-hmm. sense. He was a big Kiss fan, but. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, he, he was, he was uh, his manager said he was so nervous doing this song and to hear it. And I'm going nervous, <laughs> you know. And um, I just think he did a great job, and, mm-hmm. you know, pulled it out the way he would do it. That's um, amazing. You know, it's the voice is a voice, you know, and he has a different thing. He's, he's got this incredible way of reaching his audience with his voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, he knows what he's doing, you know. I, I yeah. admire that, but um, man, I, I did like the metal version with um, the, the seasons, seasons after. after. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a really good job, and they were really lovely guys. It's interesting enough; they were from Kansas, and when I first came to America I, with my parents, and we were giving it a go, and we ended because my we ended up in Wichita, Kansas, for about a couple a few years, and it was like in the middle of friggin' nowhere. And but I learned, but there were all these great musicians around, and I was 13, 12, or 13 at the time. And I, you know, and I was just 
got to hang out with these older musicians who were just 18 and 19, who were just incredible. And mm -hmm. uh, one guy lived down the road. He taught me how to play certain chords and this, that, and the other. But mm -hmm. they, seasons after, are from Wichita, Kansas. Mm. And it was, what a coincidence. <laughs> Almost serendipitous again. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, another comment here. Adam Warnock says, when writing lyrics, do you think it's got to be always from the heart? Because if not, it feels fake. Or do you think you can also add some made-up stories or add stories of the people you know as well? Well, mm. I'm half Irish, mate. Go for you. You can answer. That'll tell you. About the <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean... I have a very vivid imagination. Those who know me can vouch for that. But it's, um, um, there's times, you know, even it's poetic, you know, it's a poetic sensibility when you're writing lyrics and um, which I always thought Bernie Taupin was masterful at doing that with Elton John. And uh, when I write lyrics, you do use a you, you, you use your experiences. And in the case of Cry Little Sister, I was using my own experiences with that because I was in a very kind of dark place at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. And so was the city of New York, even though the film was, you know, had, it was being done in California, had nothing to do with where I was at, you know. But I try to just, I always, if it's for a film, I always try to, I'm always putting myself in there somewhere. It's like, mm -hmm. I've had the experience, right? And of being, in those, in that particular, whether it be romantic or in a dark place or just this, that, or the other, um, you, you can't just, yeah. I mean, melodically, it, it, I mean, I do have, thank God I can sit down if somebody says, can you write me something for this movie or TV thing? And I don't have it in my catalog. I can just sit down and do it. There's something that just kind of happens. So it's a little bit of a, a, a mixed bag, you know? Yeah, of, of being absolutely. inspired, and then you know, yeah, it's really hard to explain that, but definitely imagination is worth having when you're writing. <laughs> absolutely, and um, Dean Pierce again, again on the payroll says the musical is a great album, absolute diamonds on the album. I agree with that, totally agree with that. Well, correct, um, that's great. It's like it's been amazing how it's a hard thing, you know, because people have there's a there's two sides of it the people that understands what understand what musicals do, which. Mm -hmm. You can't go remake the movie. And, mm -hmm. you know, the idea here was to build a bit of a backstory and how all of the, how they came together. Mm -hmm. And the, the only songs that really are new songs going into, I mean, older, better songs from the original are obviously Cry Little Sister and I Still Believe, um, because I think that that's a... <clears throat> and that's not on the soundtrack, but that mm -hmm. will be... Hopefully, when we get around to making a full-on cast soundtrack, then mm. that all these songs will be, will take on pretty much the same versions, but they'll be done with cast member singers, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. This wow. was done much in the liking of what um, The Who did with Tommy, where The Who basically made, a, a, a you know, Tommy the Opera, a rock opera. And um, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to put this, I'm going to, I'm going to, create these songs, obviously, for the musical, and then I'm going to sing them. And then later, once we get down the road with the cast and everything, we'll do that album as well. So yeah. it was a way in which to get the audience intrigued by it, is a way to find out if they loved it or they hated it, you know. And um, 
so far they've loved it and um mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of people that go like well where is this song why comes people are strange isn't on there well it might come on there again it, it, we, we've been conversations you know making musicals is much more time extensive than making a film yeah and it is just so many components and you're lucky to get it even made even i'm lucky to get it, have gotten this far with it but um yeah and it's you know during the pandemic yeah. i started writing another musical because um I was approached to do it and um which i'm really delighted about it's about the pen panel pen pal world in the 80s and it takes a whole decade of eight characters that mm. um you know grew up in the 80s in high school three different high schools london new york and la and eight characters come together in the pen pal world and it's called don't you forget about me <laughs> so um it was nice to get away from being so inundated with Lost Boys, everything, meaning the musical, going on the road, and to get, and to, to a, this thing, Paul Brooks, who is, who did uh, Pitch Perfect. Yes. And my big fat Greek wedding. And uh, we started talking and he said, I want you to write me something, you know, and I started thinking ideas and I thought that would be a cool idea because pen pals were huge, that was the social media. Mm -hmm. very private social media if you will in the, <laughs> yeah. but it was big you know and it's amazing yeah, how many people met through that so yeah that's about as much as i can tell you right now but it, <laughs> i'm really pleased with where it's going yeah absolutely i know you've been working hard as hell on that and um, well i've been a... writing it with a writing the book slash script mm -hmm. um, with uh charles watson a brilliant writer and director yeah. and um it I don't want to write it all. I didn't want to write it all by myself. That was just too much of a load doing mm -hmm. uh, the Lost Voice story. Yeah, absolutely. So Marv Dogger too says, has the instrumental of Cry Little Sister from the opening of the Lost Boys ever been released? So like that that track without, you know, the one that you referred to at the start. Is the op has the instrumental ever been released? No. Yeah. Uh, from, from the actual movie? Is that what you're mm -hmm. asking? Yeah. From the film? No, we've never released that. And we may at some point, but you know, I have an interesting agreement with Warner Brothers that they, you know, we basically in the beginning of this, um, at, that point, I, at that point I had a decent amount of success with, with when we went into Lost Boys and they, mm -hmm. we made the deal there. And, um, but it's just approval and um, yeah, we just, uh, you know, at some point it'll probably surface to that but mm. not at this stage you know yeah i mean there's still so much life and lost boys and i think you, you can go to a karaoke team. bar though <laughs> yeah that's true you can find the it's karaoke versions of, online have you heard some of these karaoke versions man <laughs> um the, there is a new lease of life on the lost boys and the musical aspect of it with this record by the way and I, I can't stress enough how much you need to listen to it or go and purchase it because there's many songs on there and it's it's essentially cry little sister gave birth to something else because you've got cry little sister on there you've got the there is an instrumental version of cry little yeah, sister in there as nice well with an orchestra as well mm -hmm. yeah section in there and that was a fun but, thing to arrange and because it is it took on a different life but it maintained it's a bit more modern with it mm -hmm. and um but i wanted to keep my vocal really to the same mm -hmm. that same energy that i did 35 years ago 
Yeah. And it's and amazing. I can still see. That's the other thing about Cradle Sister, getting back to um, what we, sit, we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Any singer can tell you that it's a very difficult song to sing. You know, I'm not, I'm not boasting about it, but it really is. I mean, I get it. You don't think about, I don't think about it when I'm writing a song. This is a fucking hard song to sing. It wasn't hard for me to sing because it just kind of was me. I mean, mm -hmm. Kind of it was me. And, um, but I didn't realize it was going to be that difficult of a song for others to sing. And every singer has come back to me saying, this is not an easy song to sing. Mm. And, um, and then, you know, it took everybody else to tell me that, you know, I guess you're all right then. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. The, one of my favorite songs from the Lost Boys, the musical record is Long Hot Summer. That is just, it can't, I, there's a thing about when you write and it, there, it, it's a thing that you can also find in movies. It's an enchantment. And I think a lot of your songs in that record have that. Um, there, and then you've got the fun side, which is Frog Bros Hero. Uh, that's just a complete... So, which and, one? And Sorry? Frog Brothers Hero. Frog Bros oh, Hero. Yeah. That on the record. Which I, I, I tell you, it was so much fun to write that. It was yeah. almost like, hmm, Frog Brothers, what would Tim Burton do about right now? Yes, it totally has that <laughs> feel to it. And... Um, yeah, it was such a fun song to write, you know, I had, it, it, and to produce and just, it was just, we were laughing the whole time in the studio. <laughs> it was mad. Yeah, but, there's, there's some um, lines in there that make you laugh. Yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, I was able to bring in a couple of really good Disney singers who I, who had been on everything yeah. and they, to, to sing in the choruses and, oh, they were brilliant. And they were, just, yeah. we were all just having a really good time. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great sung, extension. Sung by a, you know, by the master in of the, the sort of maestro of the frogs, as we call them. <laughs> in the yeah, it'll be really cool, and uh, you know we're going to get it'll be the, ta the the Santa Carla towns people taking a line here. One takes this one, and that you know, mm, it'll yeah. be fun. And um, but long hot summer, I guess we could call it gone hot summer now, but um, long gone. Um, that was really, you know, that's much Michael's song to start. Mm -hmm. Oh, we've got L.A. Sirens in the background. <laughs> There's not some half-naked girl on a balcony somewhere, is there? <laughs> what? So there's not some half-naked girl on a balcony somewhere, is well, there? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're not here. laughs> yeah, exactly. It's an inside joke for everybody wondering what we're talking about. Yeah, You'll find out one day. corner, everybody. You like this little corner? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The V Shadow Gallery painting in the background and a Gibson SG, a fine Gibson SG. Yeah, it's wow. What is going on going on in my neighborhood? Well, well I know because what's happening. This pod this podcast is so lit that the fire the fire engines on the way to your house. You, <laughs> They're after us, Kevin. After absolutely. Us. <laughs> they want to be one of us. <laughs> hey, by the way. Uh-huh. Like my new design. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I just mucked about. I just, you know, I was just going back to my punk days, right? <laughs> just take a couple of pairs of scissors and what's not. I, I'm, I'm sporting the Santa Carla. Um, you can. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you can find those at uh, truffleshuffle.com. Bring great. that on. I'm great. Yeah, absolutely. Jacket. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we got a comment there actually from uh, Dean Pierce says Evie says hi, G. Hi, Evie. <laughs> got some uh, some lovely. absolute 
absolute fans. Uh, Adam Warnock says, "What would you say is your favorite song you have written? Being one of your, being one for yourself or another artist? So, of your songs, maybe even that's a, a double barrel question there. So, yeah. what's the what's the favorite song you've ever written for yourself? And what's your favorite song that was written by someone else? That I've written for another artist? And um, well, just one that you've written, and then one that you didn't write. Oh." Oh, one that I didn't write. Okay, mm. that's the last question. Okay, one that I wrote <laughs> for another artist. Um, God, that's tough. I did like my song. There was a duet between the artist Michael Don Michael McDonald and Phoebe Snow, mm. and uh, I wrote a song called "Right to the End," and um, they did such a great job. Uh, really good, and um, yeah, it could be my favorite. And then. Uh, <coughs> far as another artist goes you know what my favorite song by another artist mm. that's geez that's again you come up with these loaded questions adam <laughs> have a good mind no. to. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I mean that's so hard to say you know i i, I mean um you know cheryl crow did a you know Bert Bacharach's one less bell to answer, and I thought that was incredible. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I know that sounds mad, but you know you wouldn't think. But it's just such a—it was such an amazing version of that song, which was from a musical. Mm -hmm. um, but um, God, I, you know, I, because I love so many different artists. You know, speaking of you know, like the Marilyn Manson to Depeche Mode, you know, uh, enjoy the silence. I got to say. Yeah. yeah, let's just go with that one. Wow. Um it's a really the, great song. It's such a gives you shivers every time, you know. There's another song that you have written, which is again, I love the song. It's called Half, uh, featured in yeah, Scrubs. I, I, that is one of my favorite. Brilliant song. Lyrically as well. There is so many great lyrics in that. Um, Thank you. You know, just it, it's it's almost like a woman questioning or a man essentially questioning why why take half the moon when you could have the stars, right? I just think po poetry. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that going back to what I said earlier. I mean, there is a bit of that in me. I think I would have been, if I didn't stumble into music at an early mm -hmm. age and become so enamored and passionate about it, I definitely would have went down, would have followed in the steps of wanting to be Oscar mm -hmm. Wilde or any of these other great writers that were, you know, yeah. Dylan Thomas, all those people that are the old school, clever. Yeah. Um, I would have gone down that road. I really would have. Because um, I've always loved, I love reading. I love reading clever literature, watching clever films, no matter what they are, whether it be horror or romantic mm. or this. You know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just all over it. I'm just all over <laughs> anything that's creatively good and alarming. I love when mm -hmm. things are alarming, where they just shake you up and you go, fuck, what happened here? You know, because that's, that's the way you live. You know, you, you've got to keep the blood pumping, mate. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we kind of head towards the end of the show, you know, Cry Little Sister's legacy will uh, essentially be the fact that it will outlive us all. So in a hundred years time, Cry Little Sister will still be as relevant and loved and revered as it has ever been. To you, um, what you know, how do you feel these years after Cry Little Sister? Do you feel that 
you know, it was always received. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that they dislike Cryolite Sister. For you, has it been kind of mind-blown how a song can just take on its own life and almost become an extension of who you are? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, <laughs> I, you, the thing that I realize that makes that it will go on and have a life long, long after, I think it's when... I was in New York. I had a realization. It was early on. This was like two years after the movie, after the movie had come out. And I was with my then girlfriend and we were going up to get out, get out of Manhattan. And we were going up the West Side Highway to go across the bridge over to what's called, a, you know, um, Palisades. Just in the country, you know, we were getting away. I think we were staying at her parents' house or something. And she was always telling me about this, her her mate that's worked her at, she worked at a magazine company called Money Magazine. And she said, my friend Lakeisha says that your song is banging in a hood. And I'm going like, I highly doubt that. You know, I mean, <laughs> mind you, we're two years in after Lost Boys. And I'm thinking like, well, the goth audience is probably getting this and there's probably fans of the movie. And, you know, I certainly was seeing the checks come in. And yeah. so I basically, I said, Leslie, this is, is highly unlikely that that's the case. And, um, and, um, <laughs> I kid you not, I took a turn to get out so I could get dodge some of the traffic. Cause I knew how to go through Harlem yeah. without having to I mean, get to the, the GW bridge. <laughs> and it was a Friday afternoon, sweltering hot in, in New York and in Harlem. And everybody used to say, God, you would drive through Harlem. I, said, I, know. I lived in New York long enough. I know how to take care of myself. <laughs> and. And then I see there's this car <laughs> bouncing with smoke coming out of it. I know it sounds like out of the movie. And I'm hearing Cry Little Sister, but I'm thinking Cry Little Sister is coming from something else. And I'm going, wow, that's so cool. That car is like just, you know. And it was just in that early period where that was going on. It was more going on in Cali, you know. Yeah. But um, as we got closer, and then my girlfriend at the time looked at me and said, so Lakeisha doesn't she's banging in the hood. It's, this isn't banging in the hood. And I'm going, I guess you're right. I have no idea. But I say that because the realization of like, wow, this thing is crossed over. And then the more realizations mm. of people in the country world of like that, I mean, I'm serious. People, hillbilly factor, you know, not wow. you guys are yeah. hill, or gals or hillbillies. <laughs> but it, it just is, you know, it's, you know, classical musicians, people are really well trained and they've studied they go this is a classical piece of music and i'm going mm -hmm. i don't get that you know I, <laughs> I can understand if you say you know paul mccartney and Lennon, john lennon those those will go on but you know and um but then the more i to your point yeah i think that the, the it's probably got some kind of life you know mm -hmm. no, I won't absolutely <laughs> and you won't either <laughs> no absolutely not this is one of those tracks that you know it will live on and i think i go it's easy to say this myself and i speak for everyone that that movie and that song partnered together like the movie as great as it was without cry little sister would have been missing something i think cry little yeah. sister is that you know do you know it's really interesting when you perform it when i perform it live and it's and i've performed it live to many different you know types of audiences yeah. you know Hispanic audiences, this one, that one, and um, 
but it's just this feeling of connection when you play that song to people and you can feel them so you present can feel them so deeply you know i don't mm -hmm. know how to explain it but it's it, you know you feel song you, when you other songs you feel that too but not to that extent yeah so something's going on i i can i can I can verify that I was in the audience in Manchester when you took to the stage with Mark Hopman. He's got on the piano, and uh, you started playing "Cry Little Sister." The whole place we we essentially went from being individuals to one conscious being. There was us and you, and we were one, and you were another. You know, it was it was enchanting. It was magical. Yeah, it's it really is magic. You know, and I mean, I'm not saying that boastfully. It, there is something. It's really mm -hmm. just the spirit of magic, you know. And I feel it's, um, mm -hmm. it's, you know, I've had a lot. I had a long. I just saw Brooke McCarter's name come up here, and um, oh, it's Chevron. Yes, and, um, yeah. I just, but but Brooke and I had. He was the one that broke it down to me. He said, "You have no idea. Mm -hmm. You you just you're oblivious to how powerful your song is." Mm -hmm. So you've written a lot of powerful songs, but this one just goes to another stratosphere. And, I, and you know, Brooke was one of the most intelligent. He was my best mate. He was a drummer in my, he became the drummer That's right. of the band. And um, ah, just to, it, it pains my heart just to think of him, you know, um, which yeah. I do all the time, but to talk about him, I should say. But um, yeah, it was so place. interesting because he was, he was so, I hate to use the word intellectual, but he was so well-read and so smart, you know, mm -hmm. um, and talented beyond. I mean, he was an unbelievable drummer. I mean, you can ask Roger Daltrey, you can ask any of these people to go, wow. They mm -hmm. saw him perform, you know, they would just go. And he, you know, he, he was talented, you know, he just had his, his soul wrapped in the arts, you know, what can you say? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, I, I went on a bit too long. No, no, not at all. Uh, Jevron, uh, who, by the way, hosts a page called the Lost Boys Group on Facebook, which is brilliant. We love Jevron. Absolutely, Jevron. He's, he's, he's the real deal. He is absolutely the real deal. Um, there's many sites out there, and a lot of them are good. Mm -hmm. But um, we've yet to meet in person. We have we, we attempted one time in London, and mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's been way too long. And Jevron, as I said to you before, I'm not just taking you out for a drink. I'm taking you and the wife out for dinner. So <laughs> make your way up to Chiswick. <laughs> He's good on his word. He took me for dinner once. It was great. I had a great spag ball. What's that? I'm sorry. A couple of beers. I'm saying. I'm saying. Uh, I was saying to Jevron that you're good for you're good for your word. He, that you took us all for dinner one night for some macaroni. No macaroni. Yeah, I had spaghetti bolognese well, that, and some beers and stuff. We still got some time left on the planet. Absolutely. And well, by the way, you'll be back over here. Ends, that'll happen. Okay. <laughs> Well, you never know nowadays, yeah. but you'll be well, back be over back here. Um... I, got, I, I did get vaccinated finally. I think I, mm -hmm. I mentioned that to you so I could do the interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I did get, I did that, got the second one, second job the other day. And um, yeah, because I tell you, I, you know, it's abided by all the rules. I mean, it's just mad, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. uh, um, but I was starting to say abided by all the rules. I never abide by all the rules. What am I talking about? <laughs> uh, then anyway, I uh, hope to, yeah, I'll definitely be coming back home. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's some good stuff. There's, you know, there's this new museum in Birmingham, a music, proper historical music museum that I've been mm -hmm. made aware of that's going up. And um, 
uh, somebody had reached out to me about that. And uh, I am a Birmingham boy. It'd be great to be in the likes of with um, Robert Plant and um, God, Jeff yes. Lynn, Stevie Winwood, and not to mention all the other artists that have made good for Birmingham over the years. Yeah. And we'll um we'll be doing stuff in the UK for the documentary probably within the next when the, the next how long as soon as we're able to so uh, a, a meet up with Jevron is uh, definitely on the cards and by the way did you know that Jevron's also a musician I checked out uh, I know a we, video we, we had, we, I, I I know yeah. his history you know yeah yeah I know where <laughs> you live man <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming after you. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So we're absolutely looking forward. But you know, I'm looking forward to that. And I think the it's it's no secret to the audience that when uh when we're able to, G will be back on stage and he'll be doing more shows over here in the UK. Uh some will be quite personal ones and some will be uh bit bigger stages with orchestras. At this, at this stage, yeah. At this stage yeah. I'd be happy playing in pubs all around England. <laughs> yeah, so, hey mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> That would yeah. be that would be fun. Yeah. So all absolutely. you pub owners over there, get ready for me. <laughs> Being my fiddle and the guitar. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Country. Well, you know, I did almost bluesy country version of Pride Little Sister for True Blood. If anybody's seen yes. that. Yes. That was a uh -huh. fun thing to do. HBO yes. did a really good thing with that. Yeah. That's right. I I find the uh, the woman as well. It's, so you're you're performing it and then the wee woman that does the the chorus, she's like, "Thou shall not fall." <laughs> I was like, "I can I can well, slap my knee this." We'll go make that version. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Jeff. What I was about to say, I really can't say on there. There's small children around. <laughs> there are a few students over here. I'm always that now. It was so funny when Keeper <laughs> Southern was talking in an interview about Cry Little Sister. And he said, you know, I can't go to, uh, let me have, see how to say this, um, uh, a dancing bar. <laughs> an adult dancing bar. <laughs> a, a dancing bar without hearing Cry Little Sister. He said, this is, <laughs> just to let you know, this song is everywhere. And I just, yes. I just laughed my ass up. It was so funny. He paused. <laughs> he said, hmm, a dancing bar. <laughs> Good delivery, uh, Tifa. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. And uh there was a a scene in the best Thanksgiving ever by David Paulus, and he wanted to use Cry Little Sister for right, the stripping yeah. scene. Uh, but what actually worked out is you guys came to an arrangement, and you do the full, pretty much the full soundtrack to that movie, which is bloody awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I, I, I love doing out. that film. It's hard doing mm -hmm. comedy. It's really hard to yeah. write music to comedy. I mean, like scoring. Mm. You know, I did all that bit. Yeah, and it was. Not that I do a lot of that. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, every producer I've worked with, from Jerry Bruckheimer to this one and that one, Hans Zimmer, mm -hmm. who's a music composer, a brilliant one at that. Mm -hmm. I said, you should go down. You should be composing films. And I said, yeah. And, um, you know, you make a hell of a lot of money doing that. But I just, <laughs> you know, I felt there was just, you know, it would take away from, I don't know, take away from the things. I, I love performing live. And not to say yeah. you can't do that, but you wouldn't, you would be limited to going out and doing, you know, building your own thing. I've just been a, yeah. always been a bit of a maverick that, but I did enjoy scoring that film and a few other things I've done. It's always fun because yeah. you get into this vibe that you you you're responsible for getting to making setting up a scene or not mm -hmm. and delivering 
things over the um just yeah. giving life that extra life to a film yeah absolutely it's amazing david welt says giving ever you should go everybody should go speak. hey it's a, it's absolutely a a funny movie it's a mm -hmm. bit on the outside of funny but it's but you get it it's really quite 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 good there are points that have me like howling. You can find this on Amazon Prime. There's a point where the guy goes up <laughs> to the window and sees his missus getting done by another guy. And then the next scene, he's just like this in his car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like defeated. <laughs> oh that, for me, that's that's the, the comedy nuance right there. Uh, but that's... Dude, some of the outtakes from that film. Really, <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, I said, David, you could make an hour of that and I'd just watch yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and by the way, it would be great to see uh, a sequel to that. It would be amazing. And I'd love to, to hear more. I mean, there's a song you have, uh, I don't know if it's called Rockstar, but it really, yeah, really, yeah. Song, yes. The song, Brilliant so. song. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that was a fun album to make. It just, you know, it's weird. I, I felt really hopeful about that. You know, mm -hmm. it, 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 I mean, if people download it, the song, songs from it, but check that out. Untamed the songs. I mean, if you really want to get a good gist of what I do, um, mm -hmm. full, the full circle of mad years gives a whole collective of movies, songs that are people, you know, has the original version, demo Carlos version Sister. of Project Sister. Mm -hmm. It's got, a, it's got, it's a, it's good. It's a good overall uh, retrospective in a way. You know? Absolutely. It's, it's unbelievable. And it's a great, it's a great way to kind of look back at some of the work you've done because people will kind of, they'll be so shocked to see, different all different tv series and movies that you've done and how different you sound in different eras of your career uh that's yeah, why we so always call you the... that's been a, a blessing and a curse because, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not just the same guy that did quite a sister yeah. i did a movie called gray lady <laughs> it really required kind of a bluesy soulful voice out of me mm -hmm. the song I, uh, that i did for it um eyes on the prize another good a good little film you know, um, mm -hmm. it's on, um, what is it on? I think it's on everywhere. I think, well, yeah. I, I know that I saw it on Amazon Prime, but it was a Lionsgate film. And, mm -hmm. um, um, but I mean, Eric Dane, the star of the show, he said, man, I can't believe you did this. And I, and then um, somebody who, well, I can't remember, maybe it's Jamie Lee Curtis said, you know, Gerard's a Meryl Streep of voices. And I'm going like, what the hell is that name? And, but yeah. it's kind of like, <clears throat> Um, I, I think it comes from imitating different band artists coming up. When I would sing their song, I'd sound like Stevie mm -hmm. I'd sound like Stevie Wonder or yeah. like Mick Jagger or Bono or this, that, and the other. <clears throat> and um, yeah, um, my dad was a bit of a mimicker. So, but the real voice in me is when you, you know, songs like Cry Little Sister and um, Long Hot Summer, pretty much everything I did on the musical, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a real voice. There's a real voice, no matter what. I can just do many of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just different, uh, different facets. But the again, I can't stress enough for everybody to go and at least stream it on Spotify, uh, and then purchase it anywhere that you want to. This is, I, I'm not just bigging it up. It's an amazing album. I've streamed it. I stream it obviously, and I still put it on. But it's one of those that uh, it'll but never let's get. Let's not old. forget my cool T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not going for sale yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Only to get Heather to draw them up. Uh, you, you know can what buy... I was wearing at the bottom of all of this? You'd, you'd be laughing your ass. Off. <laughs> Is that a as pair would, of speedos? That's with Keith Lemon. <laughs> because I'm really basically got 
nothing on except my flip-flops. <laughs> and no, I'm not doing what you think I'm doing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, get me off this show. I'm starting to lose it already. <laughs> well, on that note, you can... On that note, go... feed me. <laughs> um, you can go to gtomac.com forward slash merch or you can just click on the merch button when you get to gtonmac.com and you can purchase an array of t-shirts there will be new designs coming soon there will be new stuff coming really really soon on the store instagram me do everything you can to so mm -hmm. so i'm not so lonely (laughs) you can also i'm trying to make sure there's no glare here Uh, if you go ahead mm -hmm, if you go and uh, pre-order this on gtonmac store uh, you will receive one at the end of September. This here is just a prototype. It's a really nice frame, and it will have the exact paper. I mean, not the exact one, but the exact same paper that GTOM Mac wrote this back right, in yeah. mm-hmm, from '86. So there'll be amazing replicas. You can go ahead and pre-order them now. Uh, it's been open since the show began, and yeah, G. Maybe if you meet G at one of the conventions, he'll sign it for you, or you can get it off the store. <laughs> but well, Halloween's right around the corner, folks. Hey, Halloween's exactly. So <laughs> get out your dollars, get out your pounds, make it happen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so G. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. You've got to, mate. Everything's a grind nowadays, and uh, you will be doing very soon. Your your YouTube channel will be having more content going up. Yeah, exactly. Um, now that yeah, the world's opened up, back good, up as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I you know I'm the amount of time that I, I don't have the amount of time that I'd love to spend on doing this. That's why you hire other people, but um, <laughs> but you know you got to supervise this stuff and oversee mm-hmm. it and make sure that you know. But yeah, this is good <coughs> up there, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm going to run off, and you are as well. So yes, absolutely. Wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, have a good day, night, whatever yeah. you have. Absolutely. Thou shalt uh... die. Oh, by the way, get the mask too. The thou shalt not die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Is it behind you there? Yeah. Should I play a song going out? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a cover coming up soon. Uh, I I wanted to just read this one last uh, comment here before you go. Okay. Uh, Andy Hall says, "Hey G, if I if Cry Little Sister is the last song I hear before I die, I will be a very happy man." In 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 respect to the loss of our great Brit, Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the very first song I ever learned uh, was a song by the Rolling Stones called It's All Over Now. Still got it, never lost it. (laughs) Amazing, G. Amazing. Absolutely. So I'm going to finish up here tonight by playing playing us out a cover by Chris Davison, someone that G actually took with him. Oh, I love Chris Davison. He's one of my favorite artists. I should have mentioned Mm. him earlier. 
Mate, absolutely. He is my absolute favorite. If I had to say best cover of Cry Little Sister ever, it's this next song for me. I told him me. that. I mean, mm-hmm. he, I, I should have mentioned him earlier. I just, you know, got so hung up on the female version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love females. You know that. Yeah. OG. Got to shout out to the females. But Chris, <laughs> mm-hmm. is he going to do it live? No, no. So I've got his uh, his original oh, one here. We're going to show it to the audience yeah, who have never seen it. Check his stuff out. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a and brilliant artist. He opened up for me once, and mm-hmm. I was just enamored by his set. And um, Amazing. And the voice as well. well. Absolutely. So, again, G, thank you very much for coming on. It's not the last that these guys will see of you, especially the documentary coming out, but have a great week. And we're going to finish here with Chris Davison's cover. Make sure to go to his uh, YouTube channel, Chris Davison. It's also linked there. It? And, again, guys, thank you for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure. G, we love you, mate, and we will catch up with you soon, mate. All right? Love you too and love everybody. Keep the real thing happening called love and dignity. (laughs) Take it easy, guys. Thanks again. Bye now. Bye-bye. So clear through bro